Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, August 14th. We have a spectacular weekend of championship tennis ahead of us. Two WTA tournaments, one of them in Lexington, the other in Prague, capturing the attention of all of us tennis fans as we all get so excited about the return of tour tennis into our lives. And of course, we here at Cracked Rackets have had the immense privilege to cover all of the action in Lexington for our friends on the Tennis One app. If you want to follow along with all the action with us throughout the weekend, just download that Tennis One app, go on their CrowdView live feature. You're going to be able to find myself and a cast of characters, and we can all enjoy the match together. Thus far, we've had co-hosts such as Luke Jensen, who, of course, Grand Slam champion, All-American at USC, head coach of the New York Empire. We've also had Craig Carden, who, of course, has coached players such as Navratilova. As of recently, he's coaching Coco Vandeweghe, head coach of the Philadelphia Freedoms. We've had Sasha Bajin, former coach of Serena and Osaka, now coaching Diana Yastremska, Ryan Harrison, Nicole Melishar, Donna Vekic, so many outstanding guests. It's been such a learning experience for me. I have a bunch of isms I have picked up from the Jensen's. Ooh, I forgot yesterday we had both Luke and Murphy on the line. That was an absolute blast, but it's been such a learning experience for me. The way I would equate CrowdView Live, it's an, it's a cross between the way you watch matches with your friends, which is, of course, in the group setting. You're all watching the match, but of course, you're talking about the other storylines going on in tennis. You're talking about what you see happening on court, the adjustments you would make as a player. Of course, you get to hear those adjustments from the highest level tennis minds out there on the planet as well. So it's particularly beneficial when we get to see people, or hear from people, I should say, and see them because you get to see their smiling faces too, but get to hear and see from people like the Jensen's and so many more. So please feel free to join us on CrowdView Live. I know Luke's going to be joining me all weekend long. I'm sure there will be other spectacular guests, so you can follow in on all of that action with us by downloading the Tennis One app, joining us on CrowdView Live. I know the CrowdView Live, this experience, much like this podcast, is going to be brought to you by our friends at Midwest Sports, and that makes sense, right? Because for more than 30 years, Midwest Sports has served as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers by offering a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of equipment with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. They value innovation, and they have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. Best of all, their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with all tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. You can find all of these products by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. While you're there, use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off. You'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. But best of all, you'll get a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, the official ball of the U.S. Open by using that promo code. So go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15. And again, a huge shout out to Midwest Sports, not only for their support of this podcast, but for their support of CrowdView Live throughout the weekend. It's, it's been so fun to get to call all of the action. Obviously, for me personally, to get to be on the call during a Serena Venus match, their 31st matchup, of course, a big question. We're all wondering, will that be their final matchup on court? Venus 40, Serena 38. You never know. And so it was an absolute privilege to get to watch them. 
and again, pick the minds of so many great tennis brains throughout that process. So please feel encouraged to join us throughout the week. And again, you want to know why maybe we haven't been as frequent with the podcast. Unfortunately, there haven't been as many GSP Ace of the Days as I would have liked. Feels weird for me to be in on the action in Lexington while also calling the action. I don't want that bias to clout my call. Uh, Of course, also, it's just a time crunch. You got a lot of matches, so we're doing what we can. And that's why we've got a mini break for you all today because I wanted to give you all a bit of an update as we head into the weekend, the players you can expect to see on court competing because, again, for all of us, it's just such a pleasure to have tour action back in our live. Exhibitions were great, and they certainly filled these past five months, and we are eternally grateful for all of those people uh, who helped make those exhibitions possible. We had a lot of takeaways, a lot of fun covering them, uh, but there's just a familiarity, uh, you know, an adrenaline rush that comes with a pro tour event. It's unlike anything else as tennis fans know, so it's great to have pro tennis back in our lives. Let's talk about that today. Of course, I should also say the reason we're able to talk about it because of our friends at Aerobar, and we had a fantastic episode of Getting to the Point, our episodes with Aerobar, focusing on the importance of nutrition and fitness in modern tennis uh, with a, a guy who is near and dear to my tennis past. As some of you may know, when I grew up, I had a coach by the name of Ed Nagel, All-American for Michigan, his doubles partner his senior year, a guy by the name of Malavia Washington. And tennis fans know Mal Washington, an eventual Wimbledon finalist, number 11 on the ATP. Uh, I grew up on stories about the two of them. It was great to get to pick Mal's brain here, his side of those stories. Of course, we have a bunch of fun as well. And you know, few people are as accomplished in the professional tennis world as Mal Washington. So hopefully all of you listeners will check that out. And to support our friends at Aerobar, to support those sorts of episodes, go to their website, aerobar.com, order yourself up a case of the only tennis-specific energy bar out there on the market. Use our promo code CRACK15. You'll get 15% off as well. So aerobar.com, the promo code is CRACK15. Okay, With that being said, there are storylines going on throughout the tennis world we can cover this weekend, we can cover starting next week. They're not going anywhere, of course, all of us getting amped for the three weeks coming up in New York. And by the way, I've gained a lot of insight into some of the players, coaches' thoughts on that three-week bubble throughout this week. I look forward to sharing those insights on the podcast moving forward. But we saw a lot of great action, and that, of course, offers insight into the sort of players we can expect to have success when we eventually get to New York once that first ball starts and we are in play. Uh, Some really, really stellar performances yesterday in Lexington. And, you know, something, a storyline we've monitored all week long on the broadcast. For so many of these players, a five-plus month layoff. You can practice as hard as you want, but you can't replicate the adrenaline rush, the emotions, just, and the wear that has on your body of an actual tour match. And, of course, these round of 16 matches, each player's second match on the week. So, of course, you're also wondering, how are their bodies going to respond? to that? How are they going to hold up fitness-wise, physically? Uh, The answer was pretty well. They held up pretty well, and I thought the play got better and better throughout the day. Some really good performances, and I want to talk about them, but I think we obviously have to start with Serena Venus, 31. Serena Williams, the number one seed here this week, taking on her sister Venus. She earns a 3-6, 6-3, 6-4 win to advance to the quarterfinals, and you know, as so frequently happens between these two, and because there are so many emotions between them, 
their siblings. They're two of the game's greatest champions. They're rivals, but of course, there's so much that goes beyond that rivalry. And you know, because of that, they've never played their most comfortable tennis against one another. And they've been very candid that they don't enjoy playing one another. That there's so much background, so much history that it's just not a pleasant experience. And certainly, that factored into the tennis we saw. Now, the flip side of that is we also saw two great champions. You know, at the peak of their competitive spirit, Serena not playing pretty tennis throughout the match at all, just was struggling to find any rhythm. And of course, Venus knows I'm playing Serena, target that forehand, particularly the forehand to the outer third, get her stretched. I have to make my first serve. I have to be aggressive if she wants any chance to win this. Venus was able to do that. You know, she won 61% of her first serve. She saved 10 of the 15 break points she faced. Uh, You know, did a really good job of being aggressive with her first strike ball, her first return. And by the way, Two stats I've learned throughout the week. One, 70% of points are decided within the first four balls. Secondly, you know, you listen to these coaches, that return they continue to stress is the most important shot in the women's game. They say in the men's game, it's the serve. In the women's game, it's the return. Venus was great on the second serve return, but so was Serena, who goes 25, holds Venus to 25 of 54 on second serve points. Again, you know, she went 13 of 28, but 54 second serve points is a significantly larger serve sample size than 28 for Serena and Venus only made 50% of her first serve so Serena was able to capitalize on that be the aggressor again she was able to get Venus stretched really made the match physical towards the end and as well as Venus is moving right now as good as she looks and she's made some adjustments to you know even her fundamentals over these past five months uh, just such a great competitive spirit from Serena she advances in straight sets and she's going to have a really fun match today as she she takes on Shelby Rogers. Shelby Rogers continued to be undefeated at this top seed club, went 3-0 over the course of the Young King Scholarship event tennis weekend. She now knock, wins her first round match and here knocks off another fellow Young King Scholarship participant, Layla Fernandez, 6-2-7-5 for Rogers. She is just so physically fit right now, able to find, you know, playing, serving well and then able to find first forehands in each and every point. And when she can hit the forehand cleanly, I mean, it's just a shot that's going to overwhelm you, and particularly for Layla Fernandez, 17 years old, you know, so skilled, has every shot in her toolbox, so mentally composed. You love to see the way she competed, even after she lost that first set 6-2. She was up 5-2 in that second set, one break, unfortunately, for Rogers, able to get that break back. Uh, You know, Layla just didn't really have a way to hurt Shelby in this match, but loved the way she competed, loved how she tried different things. Another Luke Jensenism, you know, he says, hey, if you're losing a match badly, just try losing a different way. And for Fernandez, that's what she did in set number two. She adjusted. She took balls early. She tried to move forward. She just got Rogers stretched and on the run. It was a very well-adjusted set. And of course, for Layla Fernandez, for her to get wins at all, she beat Sloan Steven in this event. Another win at the WTA level, just getting in those reps. Really good performance for her. But for Shelby, she just looks, again, fit as a fiddle Someone who, if you see make, you know, the draw breaks, right? Ten of the top 50 women in the WTA Tour aren't playing the U.S. Open. Uh, She's someone you could see in the second week. She's playing that well. She's that physically fit. She's got momentum on her side. Really, really good performance for her. It's going to be really fun to watch that match against Serena because I would argue Shelby Rogers is playing the better of the two. However, of course, you never count out Serena Williams just because of the way she competes as she has both of these weeks 
not you know didn't play cleanly against Venus nor against Bernardo Pera and yet of course we still see her in the quarterfinals although again for both of these players now back-to-back days is they're going to play quarterfinal match and it's really weird the two Wednesday or the two Thursday matches uh, players who played Thursday all four of them are playing the two morning matches the two the four players who played Wednesday are playing the night matches probably would have flipped that order if I was the tournament director given those players a little more rest but hey Great shot to those, that team in Topsy. They're the ones who got this event. I suppose they must know what they're doing. A couple of other good results. CC Bellis, 3-2 and two over Jessica Pagula. You know my affection for CC Bellis. I tweeted this out last night. I think the best player comp for her is Alex Diemenauer because you have two players who are never going to quit on a ball who are so quick around the court that they're able to take balls early and make you uncomfortable and take time away from you in different than a guy who's just, you know, or a gal who's banging through the court who's just hitting through you. That's not what they do. They hit around you, but they also take time away from you. Uh, you know, CeCe's so proficient with her defensive skills, uh, just so good at moving the ball around the court. She absorbed everything Pagula did, and then, you know, for both of them, again, sneaky, quick twitch athletes, both able to blast balls down the line when they want. Uh, CeCe was just in control, and obviously Jessica Pagula has been playing so well of late. It wasn't the cleanest tennis from her, uh, but CeCe was just rock solid, and now she's going to need a a similar performance as she's going to take on the lefty Jill Teichman, 2-2 two two winner over Julia Putin-Seva in our first match on the day. Teichman, the lefty 23-year-old out of Switzerland, around number 60 in the world right now. Again, another one of those immensely talented 25U players. And you notice how next-gen keeps getting older and older. I was 23, it was 23 and under. I was 24, it's 24 and under. I said after 25, you're no longer next-gen. I know, but just looking at this group of talented players right now in the WTA pipeline, that's been another theme. Just how much talent right now is available in the women's game for fans to enjoy. It's remarkable. Tiekman just moving Putin Seva all over the court. Putin Seva, of course, a grinder who wants those slow surfaces, who's going to throw you junk, who's going to throw you heavy topspin, highly elevated shots over the net. Uh, and Tiekman was just so, or Teichman, excuse me, was so patient. She waited for her right ball. She found so many lefty forehands, inside out, inside out, then worked the inside in, served effectively. She looked really talented. Now, I do wonder how her ground strokes, which are bigger, are going to hold up under pressure. But in this matchup against CeCe Bella, she's definitely going to have a lot of time. Now, I think uh, Bellis takes time away from you in a way Putin Seva doesn't. Putin Seva just makes that extra ball, makes you uncomfortable. Uh, but CC Bellis, I think, is going to be able to do a little bit more to penetrate the court against Teichman. Uh, Teichman excuse me. Uh, but that's going to be a really fun quarterfinal match as well. And those are our two morning quarterfinal matches in the afternoon. Uh, we're going to get two other fun ones as Jennifer Brady, the immensely talented, as you know, uh, American uh, out of UCLA, who was a 2-3 and three winner over Magda Lynette, just worked her forehand around the court in that match. She's going to take on Marie Buskova. And Marie Buskova, folks, finalist earlier this year before she lost to Svitolina and right before play stopped in Indian Wells. Uh, but Buskova... Kova is an athlete, folks. Does say. It reminds me a lot of what we saw from Fiona Farrow last week. Really proficient mover, can go from defense to offense in the snap of a finger, can you know slap a ball down the line when you least expect it, can do so many different things. Such a talented uh, player. And again, Buskova, 22 years old. Throw her on the list of the young up-and-comers as well. Not necessarily slam champion talent, but maybe... 
I mean, she's really, really talented. She's going to be really good for a long time, folks. That's going to be a really fun match against Jennifer Brady, who, again, is so physically fit right now, hitting her forehand with such confidence, moving her opponents around the court. I do think Buskova has some firepower to make her uncomfortable. I think for both of those players, it's good they got a day off. That is going to be some really fun tennis. And then our nightcap, of course, is going to be great as well as we get Coco Golf once again, the young American fresh off of her three-set win over Arena Sabalenka in what was not a pretty match, just a match that was, you know, it was on Sabalenka's racket the entire time. But Goff, you know, winning ugly, right? That's a lot of learning how to do that when you're young so that whenever, when the game gets even prettier, things become even easier. She's going to take on Own Shabur, and of course, Own Shabur, slice and dice. She'll drop shot you. She's going to throw in different spins, different paces. She's going to slap a ball when you least expect it. She is really talented, too. And of course, you know, Goff Shabur, that's a match tennis fans everywhere can get excited about Shabur, a top 20 player uh, by her results through the first two months of the season. Everyone knows it's a matter of when, not if, for Coco Goff. And so that's a really fun quarterfinal as well. That's our action in Lexington. And of course, any permutation of that throughout the weekend is going to lead to some really fun championship weekend events. Uh, But we've also got a match in Prague. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't been able to watch it as closely, but I do want to give you all an update. Simona Halep taking on Magdalena Frich uh, in the quarterfinals. I mean, Simona Halep, the number one seed, has looked great this week. And anytime she's on clay, it's going to be fun to watch because she can absolutely grind. And when you watch Buzkova, when you watch you know, Fiona Farrows. They're of the Halep model of style of play. Counterpunchers who can produce power when you least expect it. Really talented players, obviously. Simona Halep, multi-time Grand Slam champion. I don't need to tell you about her talents, but you know, that's going to be a really fun match. We've also got Sarah Soribes-Tormo uh, uh, taking on Irina Begu. Uh, on the bottom half of the draw, Jeannie Bouchard continues her really strong form of late. Clearly, she made the most of these five months to train more, to get herself in the best sort of shape. She's going to take on Elise Mertens, another one of those 25 and under talents who has really done well bouncing back this week after getting knocked out of the first round of Palermo. And then on the bottom half of the draw, you have Christina Pliskova taking on Anna Bogdan. Pliskova, an upset win over Petra Martic, who obviously was feeling fatigued a little bit after her run in Palermo. But again, it's a really fun weekend of matches. Eight, uh, 16 quarterfinalists across the two events that players can all, you know, all of us fans can get excited about because they're all showing a really high level. And of course, all of us continue to look forward to the three-week bubble in New York, Western and Southern, followed by the U.S. Open. It's been really great for me to get the chance to speak again with so many people within the tennis industry to hear their thoughts, how comfortable they are, what reservations they may still hold about all of the action going on. So, of course, I do encourage all of you to be on the lookout for our podcast. If you're a Patreon subscriber this weekend, uh, obviously early next week, we'll get into those storylines. I'll talk more about what I have learned. Uh, but if you want to hear the, my initial reaction, my thoughts on the U.S. Open, where things stands now, go listen to the Great Shot podcast I did with David Cass of Cass. Tennis Academy, of course, former University of Michigan All-American as well, uh, because we we get into everything, not just previewing the fields, but of course, the safety and health guidelines being put in place as well, how feasible all of them are, all of them can be. But 
With that being said, I got to go get on the play-by-play call, so I will remind all of you one last time, if you want to follow along with us on all the action happening in Lexington, download that Tennis One app. Come join us on CrowdView Live. It really is an experience, unlike anything else, in my opinion, for a tennis fan. And yes, I'm on there, so of course I'm in, you know, it's a full-throated endorsement, and I'm doing a little shameless self-promoting, but I really know you Cracked fans will enjoy it, so please feel free to come join us and our slew of guests. Of course, the reason I have time to do all of these things, the reasons I can knock out a quick 20-minute podcast and know it'll go to you listeners is because of the support I get from my super producers, Max Linger and Daniel Westhoff, who, as always, have a f*** of an editing job to do and continue to rock and roll because we've got so much great content, and if you've missed any of it, be sure to go check out the website, tw- uh, CrackedRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Great Shot podcast, Inside Out podcast, and, of course, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Like, uh, please follow us. Follow along if you need more immediate updates throughout the day. You want to message me directly. I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out again to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar for helping us live out our motto here at Cracked Records. You look good, you feel good, you're going to play good. Our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar helping to make that possible. So please uh, go give them some love. Tell them that we sent you by using our promo code. And again, we are so appreciative for their continued support. But with all that being said, for our incredible super producers, Max Flieger and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks? That's the break. And we hope you have a nice weekend. Take care, everyone. We'll be right back.